Hey, you're breaking up just a little bit, so I didn't hear what you just said. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying that the fact that we're best friends should be in your bio. Yeah, that basically is my bio. Okay. (laughs) No, Um. I was just joking. I'm ambivalently yours, and this is Rebelliously Tiny, a podcast where each week a special guest helps me respond to one of the thousands of personal questions I've received on social media. In a world that teaches us that strength is loud, harsh, and masculine, this is a place for those of us whose struggle is both impossibly large and rebelliously tiny. Here is this week's question Are all traditional values bad? I was brought up where my mom did a lot of the basic housewife things, but my father never demanded her or disrespected her or belittled her. I recently saw a peer post something against traditional values, and she identifies as feminist. Am I wrong or a hypocrite for having a different opinion? Does that not make me fit to be a feminist? I'm still trying to learn about the feminist movement and wish to have your perspective on this. Thank you if you read this. Okay, my name's Laura Alter Barkley. Um, I am a 31-year-old artist, mom, living in Austin, Texas. Um, yeah, that was me. Also, you're my best friend? Yeah. That should too. be in all of your bios, by the way. Laura and I met in art school almost seven years ago and have been best friends ever since. We bonded very quickly because we make similar art that was unapologetically girly and personal and we were often misunderstood and belittled for it. Some of our educators thought we didn't understand the complexity of what we were trying to do. As though we were being duped by the patriarchy because we loved pink and pop music as though loving something problematic can't be more complicated than that. Traditional values are bad if they're oppressing you and you have no other choice, okay? They're not bad if it's a choice you're choosing to live. So, um, no, you are not wrong. Um, of course, not all traditional values are bad. I think what you're really asking is you're basically trying to understand what feminism is. And I'm not sure that you quite know what it is yet. Um, If someone is kind of belittling you or making you feel uncomfortable about your choices in life or how you view things or how you feel, then they're probably not the best representation of feminism. Um, So I want to just like, kind of like break it down for a second because I think sometimes we spend a lot of time on the internet judging each other or like defending ourselves emotionally and it isn't in comments like that aren't always like an accurate representation of like learning about what feminism is so I kind of want to pedal back to thinking about feminism 
is about having a choice, um, not living a silent life where your voice and your choices are dictated by male suppression and expectation. So I think that's my definition right now. My graduate art education changed who I am. It shaped all of my work as ambivalently yours, but it was a difficult shift. Laura was the person who helped me get through it. Her art inspired me and her friendship supported me. And although we live over 3,000 kilometers away from one another and have very different lives, we've made an effort to keep in touch through FaceTime, texts, email, and snail mail. Now, you also have to understand that with traditional values surrounding mother and father, like being a mother is not a traditional value just like straight up the constructs of what mother means in society is a traditional value. So it's like every there's every woman in the world could be a mother. Do you know what I mean? That's not like a choice. It's just in you, whether you can like procreate or not. You, You know what I mean? That's like, it's different. It's the, it's the constructs that you're put into, those roles. Everything in this question centers around the idea of choice, which seems so simple, but is in fact really complicated. It is sometimes difficult to see who or what is really motivating our choices. We are taught from birth to want certain things, depending on our family values, social status, and privilege. So it's hard to convince ourselves sometimes to want other things. I just wanted to also say that this peer of yours um, sounds a little bit like a bully because if they make you feel uncomfortable and that you don't have a choice about how you want to feel or be as a feminist, then they might not have it right. So I think that you need to understand that too. Um, I also want to say that like, there might be some ring of truth to what this person says. Now, like we like talking about traditional values, we don't always want to fit ourselves in like a mold. Um, we want to have choices and that's what feminism is about. It's all about choice. And you know, it's very possible that your mom was really happy to be a mom, but maybe she did sacrifice some things to be that mom. Um, And that might be something you need to examine too. Like she, you might've seen that as really happy. um, But you also have to understand that this person, this peer isn't really, they're not out to attack you. When we attack people, it comes from an emotional place on the internet. And sometimes it's working things out for ourselves. Um, but you also have to understand there's no like right or wrong way to be a feminist and the the best way to be a feminist is to be educated and informed and like know that the choices you make, you have a choice and you're not wrong for choosing a path you want. And that's like the moral of the story. Don't let others make you feel bad because 
you value something in your life that you think is important. Plain and simple. Laura just had twin girls with her partner, Greg, who also happens to be the talented musician who composed the music for this podcast. I'm wondering if for you, um, if being a new mom, if that like brought up any like questions or issues in like the way that like other people maybe defined you or how you had to maybe change your own like definition of yourself. I don't know if you want to expand on that. Yeah, I thought about this a lot, actually. So going back to what I said earlier, like being a, being a mother is not a traditional value. Okay. Um, being a mother is like a primal being, a caretaker or a caretaker, whether your mother, father, caretaker, it's primal. It's not like me and my babies have nothing like that's a pure connection. That's like a human thing. Right. Um, but like the choices and expectations that surround the roles of being a mother and father or a caretaker are constructs of society. So yeah, like I definitely have gone through lots of emotional feelings becoming a mom um, I worked really, really hard to get this job that I really loved being an art teacher at an elementary school. And it was really hard for me to get the job. Like it took a really long time and I finally landed it. And then I was pregnant and then I found out I was pregnant with twins. So it was super huge and like very immobile. And I had little kids running around. It was kind of crazy. Um, and I worked so hard for that job. And then I, when I got pregnant, I was kind of like, I don't think I can handle taking care of two babies or putting them in daycare and also going back to work. That was like a choice that I made. Um, a lot of that choice had to do with like a million factors, not like my husband wanted me to stay home or I thought I should stay home. It really had to do with a few things like one I have two babies it's different than having one another factor was I actually didn't really like the job I got it was really stressful and it wasn't the right fit for me so I didn't really want to return and lastly economically it was like almost impossible for me to return because if I went back two-thirds of my paycheck were just going to childcare. And this is childcare that was like within my school system. So I don't know about in Canada, but in America, there is no laws or rules about childcare. We don't, you have to pay straight out of pocket for an expense like that. And <laughs> not to mention other expenses that I had, but I'd basically be going to work just to work if that makes sense. Um, and to leave my children with strangers all day long. Um, so to me, when it came down to it, like there were lots of factors now, like I've always been the, like I, I have a master's degree and I went to college and my husband didn't, he has an audio engineering degree. He's a musician, 
we have like we're very different in certain ways like we're both creative people but um he's working right now and I like never thought that would be like he I he always thought he'd be the stay-at-home dad and I would be the working mom um so it just it just ends up happening like that plus my like my husband's like a really supportive partner and we don't though we are married and that's like a traditional value that I like I'm happy to share with him we are very 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 have like a very coexisting household like he probably does more in our house than I do (laughs) you know he probably like does more housework than I do um like he I don't wash dishes he (laughs) washes dishes so like it you know I think you know, these are, like, wonderful things that have come from the feminist movement of the 70s. And um, and so that's all intellectual and good and, and stuff. But, um, you know, going back is just, like, knowing you have a choice and surrounding yourselves and educating other people around you to know that they can be supportive of your choices, too. Um, and you can be supportive of their choices, however they look you know so so like though I guess from the outside I look like a stay-at-home mom I spend most of my day working on like reading creative things and like working on creative endeavors while like my babies like play under the mat play mat you know so it's been a really positive like experience for me and I love my I love my daughters and I like want to be there for them and I want to see them grow up so it's awesome it's good. They're so cute, too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All your Instagram photos are really on point. Thank you. <laughs> I also really like um, curating their outfits. I said many things that I would never do, like put them in matching things because they're fraternal twins, and I put them in matching things all the time. <laughs> I want them to have equality, so I have to equal everything out. In the last few years, many of my friends have grown up, gotten married, and had babies. And while I'm in a long-time committed relationship, having children is not part of the plan. This sometimes makes it hard for me to communicate with some of my friends. Our paths are so different that finding a place to relate to one another is sometimes difficult. While we support each other in our decisions, it sometimes feels like there's pressure for us to judge one another in order to justify our own choices. Do you ever feel like sometimes it can be hard between, and I've, I haven't felt that with us, but it can be hard between like the friends with babies versus the friend with no babies, like to communicate or, or like, like evaluating each, like supporting each other in our like different paths I guess Mm -hmm. um yes and no I think as you grow older you start to learn that um whether it's babies or marriage or whatever people come in and out of your life or like maybe you become closer or less close to people um and that's a really strange part of growing up um what I've noticed is with babies <laughs> is that some people just really don't know a whole lot about 
about having a child and like what it means. And some people do. And even people who choose not to have children, um, some of them like can understand what you're going through and are intuitive or have had experience being around children or being around babies in particular and understand like what it means and how hard it can be and how much time it takes up and things like that. So I think I generally spend more time with my friends who I think are more empathetic to me and understand because of course I can be empathetic towards them like I I know what it's like to be single and or not single but like at the moment but like um I know what it means to not have children I you know I just had kids and I'm 31 so all of my 20s I didn't have children so I know what that means um I don't feel bitterness um but I definitely I think there can be a bit of a stigma because we are not like I didn't really know a whole lot about how to take care of babies or what it entailed until I had them and I had to learn. So I think there's a bit of a stigma about that. Like you kind of like, Oh, I don't know what, like, I don't want to hurt them. I don't, they're fragile. And so, yeah, but I think it's more about empathy um, than anything else. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I guess for me, like, in my family, I'm starting to get the pressure to to have babies, and my my siblings are starting to have babies, so that puts even more pressure on me because I'm becoming, like, the odd one out. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like sometimes these choices that are, like, expected of us or imposed on us, it mm-hmm. makes me, like, resent it. To a point mm-hmm. where sometimes I can't even really figure out, like, if I don't want to have kids or if I just don't want to give in to the pressure or, you know, mm-hmm. like, when my sibling said that they were having a baby, my dad was like, your life will finally have meaning. And then I'm like, well, what about my meaningless life? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just I think that it's like it's always great for me to to chat with people like you who just like made your decision and like and you and you're happy with it but you've also like thought about it and not done it because I feel like some people just do things because it's expected but I think it's important it's important to hear from people who do things because they want to absolutely and it goes back to that choice you know um and I was actually talking to Greg about this and thinking about you being at a really different place than I was when we both graduated from school and we were you you like just your creative career just clicked and you took off and it was like your time like this is your time and I think if it had if roles were reversed and it was my time for that that I probably would have postponed having children like it goes back to choice and like I think to the person who wrote in this question is like 
all it just keeps on coming back to choosing a choice choosing your path and not and knowing to not feel guilty it's basically impossible not to feel guilty (laughs) but it it can be achieved with support and um I don't at all view people who have chosen not to have children as living a meaningless existence (laughs) um I also believe too that unlike you know and it's unlike a lot of my extended family members I really do believe that it's good to have a choice on whether you want to have a baby or not like I think all children should be wanted children and that's why I believe in the right to choose um and I think some people don't see it that way but you know not that I think if you randomly became pregnant tomorrow and you decided to stick it out and have that baby that it wouldn't be a wanted baby that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying that um it boils down to that though you know and I think it's totally fine like I think all of our paths are so different and being able to choose the life that we want to have as a feminist um it just looks different you grow up and it looks different than you expected like there was no thought not even a glimmer in my mind that thought like I was gonna see my ultrasound and see twins like (laughs) I was so surprised and I was so happy about it um but you know I'm I'm not saying that like people discriminate against me and my children but people say weird shit to me all the time like somehow I don't want like my children are a burden or oh you have your hands full and and things like that um which is usually like sweet or trying to you know relate to me in some way but sometimes it's like to the point where it's like no 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 no. I want these children (laughs) okay like they're not a burden on me like I want to be here with them and that's a good feeling um and unfortunately you know some people don't believe that they have a choice in that matter so it's you know it's it's sad and it makes for some kooky crazy children that need a lot of help and love so um yeah because like no one can screw you up the way your parents can screw you up Before I let Laura get back to her adorable twins, I was curious to know if she'd been thinking about how she wants to raise her girls, who will be the next generation of feminists. Her plan is good advice for all of us. Sometimes I think we all need a smart feminist mom to remind us to be kind to ourselves and to learn as much as we can and to expose ourselves to as many stories as we can. Because you can't really make an informed choice if you don't have all the information. I'm curious on if you've thought about how you want to, like, teach your your daughters about feminism. Um, well, I think the best way to do that is just to expose them, expose my daughters to different types of people, different cultures, and 
I think the more you understand that your world is not like a little teeny bubble, um, the more you can understand that. Um, and I was talking to, to my husband about this and he was like telling me how he was raised in the church. He was homeschooled. He has five brothers, siblings, and, um, just like all this like wacky stuff that the preacher would tell them, um, that his parents were kind of like, I think this is right because it's church, but I'm not quite sure. And kind of growing up believing all this like kind of bogus stuff, like we shouldn't read Harry Potter and crap like that. Um, like, you know, for his little brothers, like that's somehow gonna, that's witchcraft, you know, and they shouldn't read that. Okay, crap, that's like crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But you go out in the world and you realize that that's just not the case. And he told me, you know, when I started, when I left home and I became like a full-time musician, I was like, wow, everyone, like these people are wrong and that's narrow-minded. And, you know, anything, he, he told me like anything I've ever heard about feminism, it all makes sense. Like why would anyone, you know, not want to have you know, choices, want to get paid less. Why, why would anyone want that? Why would anyone want to be raped? Why would anyone want to feel belittled every day of their life? Um, that sounds awful, you know? Um, so I think exposing your, your kids to all different types of people. And sometimes that also means having them understand what like based based organizations are, you know, having them understand what church is, whether you want to go or not, um, just so they know and they have empathy for others. Because it's, you know, yeah. So, but but I mean, I also like already play them things like that, like music I like and things, you know, and I constantly tell them that they can be anything they want to be, which is like ridiculous (laughs) because they don't really understand me. But I tell them that they're beautiful and I really want them to have good self-esteem about their body image because I think that is something that could be much better than it was for me. I know my mom faced a lot of insecurities about that. She had an eating disorder, which she pretends like she can't even say that she had one, but she did in college. And I don't want my girls to go through that. Um and the more you can tell your, 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 you know, your daughters that they're like great and beautiful and wonderful, you know, the better they are, the better off they are, you know, I think so. I mean, it doesn't always come have be a lot coming from your mom, but I mean, I'm always seeking my mom's approval constantly and I'm an adult. So. <laughs> Same. Me too. Rebelliously Tiny was written, produced, and edited by me, Ambivalently Yours, and co-produced by Hannah McCasland. The music is by Greg Barkley. This episode was recorded at Obero Artist Run Center in Montreal, with technical support from Stéphane Claude. Special thanks to the entire team at Obero for their technical, financial, and emotional support. Additional thanks to our special guests for taking the time to talk with us. 
To learn more about my work and this podcast, please visit my website, ambivalentlyyours.com, or follow me on social media, at ambivalentlyyours on Instagram and Facebook, at ambivalentlyyou on Twitter. To see the drawing inspired by this episode, or to submit a question of your own, please check out the Tumblr where this all began, ambivalentlyyours.tumblr.com. If you like our podcast, please share it with your friends and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. With your help, hopefully we can build up enough momentum so that website development and shippable mattress companies want to fund our second season. Thank you.